0: Alright, right, folks, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 6. Last week, we were in John chapter 6, and we saw a sign that Jesus did, the feeding of the 5,000. John chapter 6 actually includes a second sign that we're going to talk about today, and actually the response to it, and that is Jesus walking on the water. Now, our whole purpose in going through John is... We want to get to know him. And what I mean by get to know him, I'll be honest with you, we're doing this series, when we we do anything here at the church that involves a study, if all you do is just gain more knowledge about him, then we failed. My task as pastor is not to help you answer Bible trivia questions or be the go-to person in a Bible study because you, you can answer the question. If that's, that's all you gain from reading the Bible and listening to a message or whatever, then we failed as leaders in the church because ultimately what we want you to do is get to know Jesus better and have a better relationship with him. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's really what it's about. It's not about how much you know. God's not impressed with how much you know Do you realize that? So our task in coming to this study is to get to know him. And part of getting to know him is knowing how he reacts to things, finding out who he is. We're going to see that today. We're going to see another sign that really tells us who he is. But then also how he reacts to things because he can tell where people are at with him. And I think we understand that. Here's the thing. We we know that our life is based upon relationships, right? So think for a moment about your relationships. So think about your relationships at home, your relationships with your families, the clans that you're in, the neighbors that you have, the people you work with, the groups that you're involved in, whether it's at church or whatever. Think about relationships. Now, have you ever had a relationship where you kind of, when you're with that person, you kind of wonder why... They're doing what they're doing. Their motives are suspect. And what I mean by that is it's like what they're doing isn't necessarily for the benefit of the relationship, is they're doing it for themselves. Do do you know what I'm saying? They've got a hidden motive and it's for them to be on top. That happens a lot sometimes at work, right? We're in a relationship, but they're wanting to get something from us. Here's the thing. You see right through that, don't you? We tend to see through people who are like that. And that doesn't go down well. Jesus sees through us. And we're going to see that today. He's got lots of people coming after him because he's healing. And we just saw he just fed 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two sardines. And they're like, yes, he's the king. And they're looking for him. But he knows exactly why they're looking for him. He knows their motives. And see, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about motives because it's interesting. Even though he's doing all these great things, here's what they keep asking him to do. Show us a sign. Show us that you're real, Jesus. You ever done that? You know Jesus, but show me that you're there, Lord. That's not really a good thing to do in a relationship, is it? So like you're in a relationship with someone and you constantly say to them, show me that you love me, when it's obvious that they love you. So let's look at it together. We're going to look at this passage and we're going to focus on verses 16 through 31. Now it's interesting, when we read John's account of the walking on the water, it's going to be a little bit different than what Matthew and Mark have. Matthew and Mark have the account of where Peter says, Lord, is that you? Can I come out to you? And he's walking on the water. Then he looks at the waves and he sings. John doesn't include that. John leaves that completely out. Why does he do that? Because he was there. That's not what he wants us to focus on. So sometimes when you read the Gospels... And the stories vary a little bit. It's because they maybe don't have all the details. It's because the author, when he wrote it, is trying to get you to understand that's not the important thing I want you to focus on here. I want you to focus on something different. And the interesting thing is Luke doesn't even include this account in his gospel. But let's look at it together. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start with verse 16. Read with me. Here's what John writes. Now when the evening came, his disciples went down to the sea and got into a boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat And they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which the disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into the boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall we do? that we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat all right so folks here's what we're going to do we're going to take this portion of scripture we're going to see a couple things we're going to see the sign which is actually the second sign in this chapter and then we're going to talk about the crowd now we're going to do two things here with this passage we're going to get to know jesus and what john wants us to see here we're going to see that with the sign and then we're going to talk about humanity and how they respond to him And see, that's what John's purpose is with this entire gospel. John's purpose with this entire gospel is for you to understand who Jesus is and get to know him. But he wants you to also understand where people are at and how they respond to him. And the reality is the majority of them reject him. Why? Because the darkness does not want to have anything to do with light. And again, when I talk about darkness, I'm not talking about darkness like you see on TV. Some sign of satanic whatever. He's talking about anything that is not in the light is in darkness. When you don't have God and you go somewhere else, you're in darkness. So we're going to see both today. So let's talk about this sign. All right, so we see it, verse 16 through 21. First thing I want you to see is, is that the disciples were rowing against a sudden storm stirring up the sea. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. It is about seven miles wide. So it's a big lake. Seven miles wide, 150 feet deep. All right, so this is a lake. They still fish it to this day. And one of the things, because of its proximity there in northern Israel, because of its proximity to the Mediterranean, whenever wind or some kind of storm would come from the Mediterranean, it would immediately run down into the lake and cause the lake to become really a big mess to be in. Because all of a sudden a storm came up and the seas are rough. And that's what's happening here. So here's what happens. The setting is this. This is on the evening of when he did this great miracle of feeding the 5,000 men plus all the women and children who were with him. Jesus departs alone, goes up on the mountain. The disciples decide to get into a boat and decide they're going to go across the lake because, again, they're fishermen. They're going to go across the lake to Capernaum. So they get in the boat. They go over, and a big storm happens. And really, the other gospel writers tell us they're, they're trying to row against the storm all night long. Jesus is up on the mountain, and he can see what's going on on the lake. So here they are. This sudden storm comes up. They're rolling against the water, and this is the setting. Here's the second thing I want you to see. They see Jesus walking on the water, and it scares them. So John's gospel will tell you, they're in the middle of the lake. They've gone four miles in. The storm is happening, so it's dark. That's the other point, it's dark. And they look out, and here comes Jesus walking on the water to them. Now, that's not natural. Does everybody understand that? Jesus does the impossible and walks on water. And guess what their reaction is? Same reaction you would have. They're scared. This isn't real. People don't do this. People don't walk on water, let alone make a journey across the water. But here's the thing I want you to see that I think is so important. Actually, our English translation doesn't really bring it out. But I want you to notice what Jesus says. And I think this is the point you and I got to grasp. Look with me. He says in verse 20, But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Now, here's the thing. It's translated, it is I. In the language in which it was the original account is that our scripture comes from in the Greek, it is the same phrase. It can be translated, it is I, but it's more properly translated, I am. Think about that for a moment. They're scared. They see him walking on the water and he says, I am. Don't be afraid. Now you're saying, okay, George, all right, wait a minute now. What's the big deal? It is I, I am. What's the big deal? Well, go with me in your mind to Exodus. Moses sees the burning bush. He goes over to the bush. And God speaks to him from the bush and says, take off your shoes for the place in which you walk is holy. Why was it holy? Not because of the ground he was on, because of the presence of God was there. He then gives Moses the commission to go into Egypt and bring his people out. Moses says to the Lord, well, how are they going to know that what I'm saying is true? How, How will, they won't believe me. Who will I say sent me? And here's what God reveals, his most holy name. Tell them, I am that I am has sent you. Here he is with a group of Jews in a boat. They're scared. They see him walking on the water and he says, I am. Don't be afraid. Here's the point I want you to see. Jesus tells them I am and calls them not to be afraid. What is he doing here? He's telling them, I'm God. I'm the Messiah. Don't be afraid. Think about it for a moment, folks. They're in the soup really stirred up here. Yes, some of them are seasoned fishermen who know how to handle the roughness of the seas. But the other gospels are making it known that it's really bad. And here comes Jesus walking across the water. First of all, they're already scared about the situation they're in, right? When you've got a tense situation like that, and you're just trying to get across this what they call to the see this big lake that's 150 feet deep with the seas really stirred up. And I mean, you're feeling tension. And then all of a sudden you see Jesus coming and walking across the water. That will freak you out. And he says, I am. I'm am God. Don't be afraid. I want you to think for a moment with me. All right. You and I constantly face sudden things that happen listen this didn't just i mean they didn't foolheartedly get into a boat and decide to row across a lake that was stirred up by a storm it happened once they started their journey because they're skilled fishermen do you think they would oh, we'll just wait it out then we'll go so here they are they're in the boat they go out and there's a storm that happens they're freaked out are we going to be able to do this here comes jesus I'm God. Don't be afraid. Listen, so you and I, we go through our lives and stuff, we just go through our lives and stuff will crop up. We don't know what to do. Might be a health issue. Might be some sort of relationship issue. Might be finances. Something happens and guess what? Big thing happens. We get afraid. It becomes real, doesn't it? But we're not seeing Jesus walking on the water. He doesn't have to walk on the water with us, does he? But what he says is still true. Don't be afraid. I'm God. Calm down and know that I'm God. See, this is who he is. This is what he wants us to see. He wants you and I to see that he's God. The God who loved you, the God who died for you, the God who gave his life for you so that you can have forgiveness and allow you to enter into a wonderful relationship with him. That's not just for later on, it's for now. He says to you when you're going through it, I am. Don't be afraid. This is what he's trying to see. Now here's the other thing I think is interesting. Notice who he's doing the sign with. It's just with the twelve. It's just with those people in the boat. He's not doing it for the five thousand. Have you noticed that? They didn't even know Jesus had left. The passage will tell you. So they don't know anything at all about this. Jesus is showing up and doing it. Now, there's an interesting thing. It's not just the miracle of Jesus walking on the water. You and I might actually miss it if we just read on and breeze on to the next, what the next verse says. If you look with me, At verse 21, they willingly received him into the boat. Of course they would. And immediately, notice what it says, immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So here they are. They're in the middle of the lake. They got another three or four miles to go. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. I'm God. Don't be afraid. Come on in. And the Bible says, it's so easy to skip it because we just kind of breeze through with our Bible reading. It says, Immediately where they were what they were going they were already where they are. That boat, I don't know how it did it, plowed through the water or whatever, but it was there. Why? Because he's God and he'll get you through it. Now that's the first thing John's wanting us to do here with this passage. He wants us to see who he is. Now the second thing which is what I was trying to tell you about when I began this message is this whole issue of motives, Motives about coming to him and about what you're looking from him. from him, and, and it's just like you and I, when we see that people have some motives and we sense them, we kind of are like, ah, I don't know, I don't know what you want from this. Jesus is the same way here. Only he knows their hearts a whole lot better than we would know somebody else's heart. So I want you to notice the crowd. The first thing I want you to see is, is that we see in verses 22-25, The crowd is looking for Jesus. They're looking for him. If you look at verses 22 and 25, they knew that the disciples left, but they also knew that Jesus didn't go with him. So they're like looking for Jesus, but they can't find Jesus there. So then they decide to go to where the disciples are. So they go across the sea and they're looking for him. I think that's interesting. We find today that people are looking for spirituality as well. But their motives may be different than what you think they are. And so the crowd, here's the crowd, they're interested in Jesus. They want to find him. They're looking for him. So here's the second thing I want you to see. This is interesting. So here's what happens. So they find Jesus there. How did he get there? In fact, they say to him, look with me at verse 25. And they found him on the other side of the sea. And they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? So they're like, "Whoa, well, wait, wait a minute, Jesus! We just traveled across. We just made that journey across the lake because we couldn't find you on the other side. We know you didn't get in that boat with your disciples. How did you get here?" And this is what blows your mind. Jesus doesn't answer them that. He doesn't say to him, "Oh, by the way, guys, this is what happened. I was walking across, got in the boat halfway, and we were here immediately." He doesn't do that with him. What does he do? Look at verse 26. This is exactly what he does. Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. He gets right to the issue of what their motives are. Isn't that how Jesus Jesus just cuts right through it? Boom. He doesn't spend his time trying to explain to them how he got there. He just says, look, this is why you're coming to see me. Your motives aren't right. In fact, here's what I want you to see. Here's the point. Jesus points out that their motives are selfish in looking for Him. He said it's not because of the signs. Now here's the purpose of the signs. Here's the purpose of the feeding of the 5,000. Here's the purpose. I just talked to you about Him walking on water, although these folks didn't know about the walking on water. Here's the purpose of Him doing all of these healings. The purpose is to show them who He is. That He is the Messiah that he is the son of God, and that he has come to change things for them. And he says, you're not interested in what the signs are. You're interested in me because you had the best barley loaf and sardine meal you've ever had. And you were filled to capacity, and you're wondering what's on the menu today. Isn't that what we think? It's like, that's why people come. I've seen it through the years. You know, if I've been pastoring through all these years now, people come, They people come for different reasons. And they don't necessarily verbalize them. Sometimes they do verbalize them to me, but most of the times they don't. They'll show up and they're really, they're really seeking an answer from God. And usually here's what happens with both instances, whether they get it or don't get it, after a while they leave. And you don't see them again. And you're like, what? And and when you go talk to them, they're like, well, I I came because I wanted God to do this, and he didn't do this, and I'm out of here. And so they were gone. Or I came, and I was hoping for this, and and God did it, and so I'm okay now. I don't need to come anymore. That happens. You and I would be like, really? Yes. People come for different reasons. People seek Jesus for different reasons. See, Jesus sees right through all this. He says, you're not interested in the signs of who I really am. You're not interested in me. That's what he's saying here. You're not interested in me, Jesus is saying. You're interested in what I can give you. And that's where the crowd was. So he does this. He's pointing out what? They are looking for what they must do Well, Jesus calls them the faith, because here's what they're doing. So he says, look, don't labor for food that is temporary. Labor for food that's eternal. Labor for what is eternal. He's telling them to put a focus on the eternal. Don't just think about filling your belly right now. So here's what they do. Verse 28, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? What do they think? Okay, well, we want to work for what we can do for the eternal, so tell us what we need to do to do that. And isn't that what people do? But see, here's what's going on. They were looking for works that they must do while Jesus calls them to what? Faith. Folks, see, that's what it's about. The reality is, when it comes to you and your relationship with Jesus, it's not what you do. It's about your faith in the one who did it for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he did it for you. And see, this is where the crowd is. The crowd thinks they got to do something. Folks, that's where most of everybody is today. They think they got to do something. But you don't have to do anything. You have to have faith. And so guess what? Guess what they do now? This is what blows my mind Look with me at what it says here at verse 30. This blows your mind. All right, so wait a minute now, just so you don't understand who this is. These are the people who were with Jesus and he just fed all of them to, they were filled and overflowing. And look at what they say, verse 30. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? Did you hear what they just said? It gets worse. What works will you do? And here's what they say then. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Are you kidding me? They were just on a barren hillside. Jesus just fed them bread. And they're saying to him, What sign are you going to show us so that we can believe you? That's stupid, right? But that's the crowd. Listen to what it is here. Here's the point. They want Jesus to prove himself with a sign in order to believe. It's pretty obvious. Here's what I've found. As I go about life, and I share the gospel with others, and I share with them about the reality of Jesus, that what I usually find is is that when I have somebody say to me, unless God shows himself I'm not going to believe, they already don't believe. And the signs isn't really going to change anything. How can you say that, George? Well, you look at creation. The obvious is before them. And they keep asking for a sign. Now, do you know why Jesus didn't walk on water in front of them? Because it really wouldn't have made any difference to them. But look, folks. He does show himself mighty to you who are his children through the answered prayers and through the sudden things that he does all the time. And you sit there and you say, wow, that was you, God. That was you. Thank you. Here's the final thing we see here. They are blind to the very signs that he's already done. They just don't see it. Folks, I want you to understand when people reject Jesus, it's because they don't see it. And 2 Corinthians 4 tells us, Paul tells us, that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their eyes lest the gospel of truth be revealed to them. And they respond. So, this is the reality even in spite of all that Jesus does. And even if you're searching for him, the problem is there might be a problem with your motive. So what's your motive? Is it him? I'm hoping it's him. Or is it what we can get from him? But only you can answer that. Hi, folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church, as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.